Hello, romance listeners and kinky friends. I just like to let you know that this episode was recorded last fall, so before the world turned topsy turvy and before social distancing was a thing. All right, let's get into it. Hey, romance besties! Welcome to another episode of Romance at a Glance. I'm your host, Shawnee, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Bridge Nasty. How you doing, Bridget? I am doing so, so well, Shawnee. How are you? Girl, I'm so good right now. I actually am so excited to talk about this book today. I, first, would like to give a huge shout-out to at Literary Illusions and at Sarah Says Read. You guys rock for your recommendations. And so does Tessa Dare. Fun fact, we met her at our second ever panel we attended, and we love her, and we've loved her books for years. We are so excited to dip into this one, and she was such a lovely person when we met her. She was. She actually lives in SoCal and was like, oh my God, let's all get together. And then, like, corona happened, so we didn't, but... It was a very generous offer, and we do hope to have her on the old podcast. Oh my God, can we do it, Bridget? I want her to come on so bad, please. My my people, my people are talking to her people. <laughs> <laughs> I love your people. If you guys, if you guys have any recommendations for any down home romances filled with country boys, cowboys, small towns, leave a review for our show with your recommendation on Apple Podcasts, and send us a screenshot. And we will shout you out on the podcast because we are going to need some of those for season five. All right, Bridget, are you ready to get into it? I am ready. Let's do this. Romance at a glance. Uh Uh-huh. Romance at a glance. What you saying? Romance at a glance. Go ahead, girl. Well, hello, my book friends, and welcome back to another episode of Romance at a Glance. I'm Bridget, your friendly host, along with my co-host, Shawnee. How are you doing, Shawnee? I'm doing so great today, Bridget. How are you doing, girl? I am doing so great. Ready to dive into The Wallflower Wager by yes. Tessa Dare. Have you read Tessa Dare before? I love Tessa Dare. You I've love read Tessa a Dare? ton of Tessa Dare. You do read a lot of historicals. I do. She's like, a, she's like a go-to. The funny thing is, like, I went to look to see how many books of hers I've read, mm-hmm. And I just didn't remember they were Tessa Dare, but I've read a ton of her books. Yeah. I, re- I recommend her. Like, in general, as an author, I love her books. I, on the other hand, have – I think I've only other read one of her other books, I think. Because, uh, you know, the historical is not my go-to genre. <laughs> so it was very exciting. And this turned out to be the third book in the Girl Meets Duke series. Um And we actually got to meet and speak with Tessa at a panel, which was very fun. Oh, that was super fun. She was a delight. Yeah, she was, she's a dork, which is so great. So great. Yeah. And you're like, oh, we could be friends. Yes. You're not like super cool. <laughs> you're just like us. You're like, you're like kind of awkward. And I'm like, I'm kind of awkward. You're kind of awkward. Let's be friends. Let's be awkward together. <laughs> Let's be awkward together. <laughs> no, she was absolutely a peach. Yeah. And another <laughs> great thing is that I liked her book. So yeah. I always like when I like the books of people I meet and I like. Yes, because we have met people that we haven't liked their books and then it's slightly awkward in the back of your brain because you're like i just talk shit about your book well <laughs> but hi how are you also like it's so awkward because it's like i really like you as a yeah. person and i just don't love the book you wrote yeah. which is a bummer because i obviously want the more i like you the more i want to like your work yes and the sadder i feel when i don't like it which is funny like some people like don't like the music that i make right mm-hmm. so i have friends and they like my music's not their cup of tea and the funny thing is, it's like, I always tell them, like, it doesn't have to be. Like, we can be friends and you cannot like my music. Totally. These 
two things are not mutually exclusive. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's hard too for artists because we're constantly like sharing our work. Yeah. Versus like if you're an accountant, you're not like, hey, do you want to check out my spreadsheets? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that would just, unless you become my accountant, that's not really going to ever enter into our friendship. Exactly. Whereas for anyone who's an artist of any kind, uh, you end up sharing what you do pretty frequently. Yeah. Um, which is a little tricky, a little tricky. But it's why I generally don't ask people if they like a song. I'm like, do you like this? Song? I generally don't say that. I'll ask for feedback in other ways, but I won't say like, do you like or not like this? That way it doesn't force somebody to be like, yeah, so that thing you poured your heart into, I think is shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually my least favorite thing that's ever happened in music, but cool beans. Cool beans. <laughs> cool beans. Yeah, I frequently, my thing is more like, did you watch it? Because I have a few people who are, also like artists in their own way, family members or not. And when they send me things to watch and ask me to watch it and give them feedback, I watch it and give them feedback. And I don't like say like, I hate it, but I'll say like constructive things like, oh, I thought maybe this could have been tighter or that could have been, if you're trying to hit that punchline, maybe you missed it or, you know, like, oh, that song is just not a genre I listen to. So I don't really have a lot of great feedback because I don't know that much about music, but other people I shared it to liked it or whatever. Yeah. I, what I don't like is when people don't actually read it or they don't actually watch it or whatever it is that I'm sending. Yeah. Especially if I'm asking for feedback. If I'm just like sending it out to 100 people on the list, it's like do it or don't. That's fine. Um, I've also had some people who are like, oh, my God, I really liked it. And I'm like, oh, what part? And they're like, uh, and I'm like, you don't, you don't have to lie to me. So silly. So but in this case, yeah, I did like Tessa Dare. I and did. I did like this book. And we, we were supposed to do an interview with her that day. <clears throat> and she, we were unable to because like signals got crossed. Uh, but she was like, oh, like come out and we can still do an interview. She was yeah. super like nice and gracious about that. Yeah. So be on the lookout for that because we're going to hit her up in the new year. Absolutely. Um, so this was historical, as we've already mentioned, and mm-hmm. I know that you love historical. Tell me about the cover art, though, Shani, because I want to talk about how this cover art, I think, missed the mark for me. Did it? So, so okay, so for, for me, this cover art is, like, quintessential historical cover art. It's the guy, no shirt, the girl on the bed, laying down, he's on top of her. I actually thought it was accurate. Like, he was always kind of in this dominant, like, t- sort of thing they say they mentioned primal a lot in their description of how you know interactions happen um the one thing i i i liked about the book was that she was taking charge of her life Mm -hmm. and so kind of in the cover art you don't get that feel of a woman who is fighting to maintain her independence and whatnot this is the same kind of cover art that would be on a book for a damsel in distress or a virgin who's like totally swept away. Right. So I wish it had a little bit more. I also thought she was super quirky. Yeah. And this did not give me any quirky vibes. And obviously she has like a menagerie of weird animals, yes. which also did not get into this. I mean, I get that this is a fairly typical historical romance cover. I just thought it would have been nice to add a little more personality to her character and to him. I mean, it doesn't tell you anything about him either. And if they had made it quirkier, I think I would have picked this book faster. Faster. I agree. This just looks like every other book cover to me. I agree. It looks like it's going to be a super basic story. Yeah. It's the same cover like from when I started reading these at like 13 or whatever. (laughs) And as we found out, they don't always get to pick their covers or the people in their covers. Yeah. That is a bummer. Which is a bummer. Um, so this book is is about two people. 
a shocker, I know, because it's usually about, no, it's about two people. It's a romance novel. And it's about Gabriel Duke, who is, they call him the Duke of Ruin. Mm -hmm. Wealthy, ruthless. He destroys people, has built his fortune, buys this enormous mansion next door to Penelope, who's a lady, and also has this menagerie of weird animals. And he is going to try and sell this house and make a profit. And sort of having this lady with all these weird animals next door is not going to help him sell it. So he wants to help her get rid of the animals <laughs> so that he can sell his house for more. And during that time, of course, they fall in love and end up keeping the house for themselves. There's so many great moments, too, of like angst and like um, like longing and buildup during this process, which I, I really, which I really liked. Yeah, and I, I mean, they had like a really funny, like meet cute where she, her parrot flies out of the house. And so she like finds the extra key, sneaks into his house, goes upstairs, finds the parrot. And then he comes out of the bathroom with just a towel on. And I, this is, I really liked her character because she was just like ogling him. Just yep. like, oh, hell yes. <laughs> like, she's not like, oh dear. Oh dear. Which I did feel like was really not historical. Mm-hmm. In terms of her reaction, I feel like that was very modern, yeah. I guess, of her. But it also was very funny that she's just ogling him and he's like, what the fuck are you doing in my house? And why do you have a parrot? And why are you in my house? And why are you in my house? <laughs> and also, ooh, ooh, you're attractive? I thought you were going to be a spinster. Yeah. Like, this is a nice surprise. This is a nice surprise. I, I liked also, like, um, when he is trying to, like, help her uh, get all the animals out and they're having to talk about what to do about it. And, like, he uh, ends up, like, lifting her or she falls on him and she's lifting her and they're, like, face to face or whatever. And she just, like, kisses him. Yeah. She's just, like, she just kisses him and it's nice. And then she's, like, oh, sorry, that was an accident. Well, not really. Not really. Because, I mean, accidents, like, you bump your head, not like you bump your lips or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I just like the rambling that yes. happened right after that. Yes. And then he was, like, okay, well, let me do that not on accident. Yes. And that was a, that was a good moment. I was, like, ooh. This yes. Is, this is nice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I liked I liked that moment. I liked all their interactions, especially like in and around the animals, which obviously took up a majority of their interactions. Like when he like climbs up the shaft to go get the little two-legged dog whose wheels got caught <laughs> or when he's going with her and he they go in and is it the otter that they go into the or the hedgehog that they go in the water after? Uh, the otter. Yeah, the otter can't swim so she like dives in the water after it. Well, she's like trying to bring it home and he's like, it's an otter. Yeah. It found water. Like, yeah. let it go. <laughs> yeah. And she's like all wet and devastated. And yeah, I thought their, I thought their interactions were really cute. There were a couple things about their interactions that I was, like, not soups crazy about. Um, one of which was that he's, like, this whole book is, like, this Duke of Ruin. And and then it turns out, of course, that he has, like, a heart of gold. And he's, like, <laughs> sponsoring orphans and shit. And I'm, like, <laughs> people would know about that. Yeah. Like, I don't think you can hide that stuff. But he also was, like, taking down, like, the aristocracy, like, you know— Buying up their debts and seizing their assets and all that yeah, He's sort like of Robin thing. Hood. Yeah. So then he's giving it back to the poor. I don't know. That felt a little, that felt a little stretchy <laughs> for me at the end. That felt a little too more, a little too much happily ever after. Like unnecessarily. She loved him as the Duke of Ruin. I don't yeah. feel like he needed to have, like he could have just had a soft spot for her. Not just in general. Yeah. It turns out. Um. That was a little hokey for me, even for me. And I love hokey. You love hokey. I liked this book. Yeah. I thought I love their like repartee. I love the interactions. Um, I mean, 
Like, I love the parrot saying, fancy a fuck fancy love. Fancy a fuck love. <laughs> that was hysterical. So for me, this book, I was laughing out loud most of it, which mm-hmm. it's been a while since I've been like really like laughed out loud while reading a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I like that a lot about it. Um, I, I wish the book had, um, well, one of the funniest parts for me was like, I liked her, her vegetarian food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like was it, it was a sham uh was, what was the name of her food that she that she was eating like her all her like her, all her like f- fake fake chicken yeah and her fake, fake beef yeah. her and fake she, meatloaf and she served it to him and he's like what the, yeah, <laughs> what, like, what the fuck is this terrible <laughs> or whatever i liked all the animals you know animals i think just are always like a comedic relief sure. type of thing in a book um and i liked that uh so my favorite moment in the book was when Gabriel tells her, like, oh, I'm going to get all these animals out of your house. I'm going to find good homes for them. It's going to be great. And then he has this couple come who run, who run a, uh, a farm, and they're coming for the animals. And she's, like, looking at these people like, these are not farmers or whatever. And, and, and she quickly, like, debunks that they're not farmers, and they kind of— mutiny on him yeah (laughs) and she's like what the hell man you think i can't see through these these actors yeah and you probably should have paid them better you know um so i I really like that i like that they have this kind of back and forth kind of hilarious like banter Mm -hmm. or whatnot um so that that i think is really awesome about the book yeah the banter was great. And I I liked even even like their the housekeeper and their contractor or builder or whatever and how she's always like appearing behind him and he's like she's a ghost. She's the devil. Something's wrong with her. If I'm found chopped up, it was her, you know like. And then it turns out that she's just like been fucking with him. She's like it's funny. He's so scared of me for no reason. So I've just been playing along. And then at the end of the book they're like getting they're together, macking it, it up. Doing it. Yeah. Gets seduced. Which I thought was really, I thought that was funny. Yeah. I didn't, what I didn't enjoy about the book, which is like what I don't enjoy about most books, is that like there's like a molestation and mm-hmm. a sexual trauma in this book. Mm-hmm. And it's not that these things don't exist in real life. Like I went through this. I don't want to read about it. Like I I like to choose when I want to have to interact with that kind of information yep. in a way. So like in romance novels and stuff like that, I just like would prefer not to read books with it, you know, or at least know ahead of time that that's going to be in the book because sometimes I just want a lighthearted jaunt. Totally. You know what I mean? Totally. <laughs> so, so that was my thing. So even in my reviews that I put online, like on Goodreads and Audible, mm-hmm. I wrote that. I was like, there's trigger warning. Yep. There is this, this is in the book um, or whatnot. And I know women go through it and it's part of every, people's stories, but like, I, f- I find romance novels are my escape. Mm-hmm. And so I like when it's not there. And I also think in romance novels and in just in media in general, it's used too often. Like yeah. if you just, if you're an alien and you came to earth and you just read and watched, you would think a hundred percent of women have are. been assaulted or molested yeah. or, and they think, I mean, they say what it's closer to a third or something like that, which is still way too still high. Yeah. But also, it's 
It's definitely, I agree with you. I, I One thing I didn't like about this also is, well, first of all, I thought it might be her brother who molested her at first, the yeah. way the, the writing was. And I was like, oh, don't be the brother. <laughs> I mean, I don't want it to be anyone, but like, yeah. don't be the brother. And then when she was talking about things, I was like, oh, she was definitely raped or assaulted or something at some point. And then when you're like, oh, she's not that old. Oh, it was when she was a kid. So that definitely, like... You saw it coming and you were like, oh. I saw it coming and then I was like, oh no. Because then it does take you out of that, like the buildup of this lighthearted uh, repartee that they have and the sort of like tension and sexual tension. Um, yeah, I totally agree yeah. with you. I do agree too. And like I, it's I, used I, a lot. I did like that she, he obviously was like ready to just like ruin these people and kill them. Yeah. But I also like that she, like told her brother, like, if you're still speaking to him, like, like you can't be in my life yeah. because this happened. And I don't, you know, whether you believe me or not, it's your choice, but it is true. And so, and I liked that she sort of protected herself and drew her line in the sand and wasn't willing to, uh, oh, okay, well, I'll still, I'll still be your sister and be nice to you, even though you don't believe that this man took advantage of me as a child. Yeah. And, and I like that that they didn't wrap it up real neatly, at least right away, where, like, they didn't talk for, like, a year, mm-hmm. you know, between the epilogue and mm-hmm. the end of the book, yep. you know? And so it wasn't like he was just like, okay, I believe you now, whatever. Yeah. It was like, no, she lost, like, the relationship with her brother for a year yep. before, the, you know, he came to the wedding. Right. One thing I did like a lot was kind of the way she, like, took her power back when they first had sex. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, because mm-hmm. she was like, she presented it to him. She yeah. was like, well, I want to do it, and I want to do it with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I like how they set up, too, because she's like, they're talking about it. He's like, no, no, it should be somebody you love. It should be somebody better than me or whatever. And she's like, yeah. well, I want you. She's like, if you want me. I mean, if you don't want me, then, you know, it's not like, and he's like, well, do I want you? Yeah. Oh, we about, this is about to go down. We about to go to pound <laughs> town right now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I was like, oh, it was good. Like for me, the sex was vanilla, but it was primal. It had like a, it had, it was hot. I was, I was you I, feeling it. I was feeling it in the book. I was like, also like for me, the buildup to sex the is also up. what makes the sex awesome. Yeah. You can write a beautiful sex scene, but if there is no buildup or angst leading into it, then it's, it falls. Yeah. So I thought the buildup was great. I, I like that she was like, um, after they had sex, she was like, ask me how I feel being ruined. And she's like, I feel fine because I'm not ruined. Yeah. You know, <laughs> this is great. This is my choice. Okay. <laughs> Nobody tells me what to do, you know? And even like at the very end of the book, when she was walking, when her brother came, he was like, I'm here. I want to walk you down the aisle. She's like, no, no, no. I'm going to walk myself down the aisle. That's what's about to happen right now. Yeah, I like that you know, too. I'm about to give myself away, like, you know, or whatever. Yeah, you you lost out on the chance to give me away when you didn't believe me. And yeah. Yeah, you know? sorry. So, so I like, I did like that empowerment aspect mm-hmm. of her. Yeah, I did too. And I did think, you know, because it's historical, it's like she was empowered, but also still had to get married. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I liked that they didn't like go so far away from historical that you're like, yeah, but she still would need someone's protection because yeah. this is a historical romance novel and that's just the way it was. Yeah. So I, I think that was kind of funny. How did you feel about the way she reacted when um, when he was going to blackmail, when it looked like he was going to blackmail her family into letting them get married? I I think I was just kind of like, what are you doing? 
I was like, that seems, un- I was like, she's not going to be happy. This seems unnecessary. That's, that's, what, that's, that's what I felt too. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what are you doing, bro? But also I thought it was kind of cute that he was like, like willing to go to any lengths. Yeah. I felt like it was in character. It was him. in character for sure. Because like he's been doing that for a long time. He wants his way. Yeah. He blackmails people basically into getting his way. Right. Or threatens them, whatever it is. Yeah. So just because he loves her or whatever and wants her, doesn't mean he's not going to like nail that down. Right. He was like, it was just a contingency. He's like, yeah. I wasn't going to use it unless I had to use right. it. And then I was going to use it. Then I was going to use it. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I, yeah, I think definitely it was in character, which again, Brings me back to the orphans and how out of character that was. <laughs> and I was like, she already loved him regardless. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Orphans always bring people together. They use that a lot. They I use heard... orphans. Orphans are such a trope. I mean, yeah. I would wonder what the percentage <laughs> of people who are actually full orphans are yeah. in the world. I mean, maybe in historical times, though, because people were fucking dropping from the plague. They were dropping from the flu. I mean, they were dying quite a bit. Yeah. Faster than kids we are got now. left a lot. Yeah, so I think kids did get left left quite a bit. But and like they, whether they were left, and also like people just like left their families. You could never find them again. <laughs> it's not like now where you have the internet. It's like you you leave me, but I know you're in Orlando, Bob. <laughs> you know what I mean, I don't know. yo yo. Sorry, it's a slight segue, but like this lady who lives down the street from my sister was telling this story about how she heard about all these orphans in Mexico and was like, oh man, that's really sad. She packed her kids up, went to the to this orphanage in Mexico and then like just took a baby. What? Just took the baby. And she got, she has this like little Mexican daughter. And she, she you she, mean she adopted it or no, she just stole it? No, she stole it. She just said, and she just said it. And my sister and I are looking at each other. She was just like, it took her. Nobody was going to miss her and da whatever. And I'm like, oh, how are you raising her? Where is her paperwork? What is, and I know my, my mom had all sorts of forged paperwork for us when we were kids, even though it had all our right information, she couldn't get our birth certificates for a while or whatever. And she made, she like, it was like in the first days of laser copying and stuff. And she fake laser copied all these things, you know, but I'm like, how is this lady raising this girl? And she's like, she just took her. And we went to her just sitting that there. That is going to backfire because at some point you got to register them for, for school or daycare. You got to have a lot of paperwork for that. I, I know because I need to get Molly's birth certificate, which I haven't done yet. She's in school. She's like what? She's like seven. Oh, I thought she was like a baby. No, no, no. She she took her when she was a baby. Oh, okay. So she's but had her for a while. She's time. had her for a while. Okay. And like, and she she straight out just came said like she just took her and drove back. That's fucking madness. I'm like, how? How'd you get this baby across the border with no paper? No, I, I have no idea. But this lady, well, she's also like. Because I don't have papers for Molly. So like if I crossed a border, I guess I wouldn't take her across a border unless I got her a baby passport. Yeah. But even your baby passport like could be any kid. I mean, babies all look the same. Oh, they all look the same. As long as you're like remotely the same skin color <laughs> and hair color, it's, you could get away with you it. You know, like. But she, it was, I don't know, it was very interesting. But sorry, that was a segue. But I was like, how are you just going to take an orphan? Like, you yeah. Know? But in, so I guess in these the books, point of the story is sorry. orphans are more prevalent than <laughs> more I prevalent think. Than but, but less prevalent than historical or rom- or movies would have us, have us believe. But like, I, I think I've read in the last year at least four books that had 
the person was giving money to an orphanage. It's oh, like, yeah. It's like the thing that's used always to make someone look like they're a better a person, person than mm-hmm. they than they are. Yeah. You know? And like, I don't know. This, this girl said to me the other day, like this phrase that I hate when people say, which is like, they'll tell you like how this person, how a person did horrible things to them. They'll name a hundred horrible things. And they'll be like, but they're not a bad person. And I'm always like, yes. Yes, they are. Actions make you a bad Actions person. Actions <laughs> make you a bad person. Like, all these actions yeah. right here made this person a bad person. Yeah. <laughs> but they have a good heart. No. They don't have a good heart. Because you remember these things you just said? Yeah. Like, one so through a hundred. they had a good heart, they wouldn't have done they all those They wouldn't have done things. these things. Yeah. You know? That's I'm always just like, So it's interesting. It's like they take a character who, who's doing a bunch of bad stuff and they're like, oh, He's giving to orphans. And then that's supposed to like cancel out everything. But also like, why? She loved him when he was bad. Yeah. So that's fine. He could just be good with her, for her. And with everyone else, he's like, come near us and I'll fuck your I'll life fuck up. I'll fuck your life up. I'm <laughs> okay with I'm that. I'm okay with that. I'm totally okay with that. I mean, I personally wouldn't love that man because that's not my <laughs> style. But in a book, I could love him for her. Sure. I'm, I'm, man, I, I'm She's soft-hearted enough for them both. There's something... There's something I do like about about uh, a man who is tough in his regular day life. Yeah. And soft with me. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I, Actually, Leo is kind of a dick at work, I think. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Yeah. He shouts at a lot of people. I think. <laughs> I think he's not very nice to most of the people at work because he, like, his expectations of them are so high. Yeah. And obviously most people don't meet those expectations. Which also makes me feel when I'm having a bad day really good about myself. I'm like, man, he's harsh on people's intelligence and he's harsh on people about a lot of things. He loves me though. Yeah. Feeling good about that. <laughs> I'm doing something right. There's like, I mean, I remember I had one boyfriend who like some guy did something creepy to me and he like he literally like jumped a wall and slashed this guy's like all his tires or whatever. And I was like, Yeah, I like that. I like that. That's funny. <laughs> I don't even know. I feel like I don't ever want to know because I do feel like deep beneath Leo could lose it. <laughs> Just like really lose it. Yeah. Like really lose it. And I don't think that I should find that out. I think we should just stay away from that. Yeah. I think so too. Nobody wants. He, he'll he say things to me all the time like I'm going to keep that. <laughs> right? I'm like you have crazy eyes. You need to rein it the fuck in. <laughs> <laughs> I think at least it's good that when people say that, if they're like, I'm going to punch you in the face, I'll key your car, I'm going to do this. Because the act of saying it for Feels me good. is the release. Yeah. I don't have to key the car. I agree. I just wouldn't say I'm going to key the car. Yeah, I'm not actually going to do that. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, I always tell people, I'm going to shake them. I'm going to shake you. Like, yeah. And it just makes me yeah. feel better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I totally get that. You know? <laughs> I tell my children all the time, I will sell you. <laughs> but I feel great. So I know I could. I could. I could. I'm not going to, but I could. I could. I could. There's so many markets for you. There are. It's beautiful. I mean, it's sick, you have beautiful but there's babies. a lot of, there's there's a lot lot of market markets for beautiful babies. <laughs> I could get some rich white lady, come buy that baby for like a million dollars. You know? A hundred thousand really probably. could, Bridget. You were snoozing on this. You I could know. be a millionaire already. I know. If I was willing to have multiple pregnancies, I could be breeding these beautiful children for other people. Oh, God. But I'm not. But you're not. That sounds terrible. <laughs> I can make money a lot of different ways. That's not a good one. What was your favorite line in this book? Um, so I had two. Okay. Because I was two. Um, she says, if I were to lose my virtue, some would deem me worthless. And he's like, you could never be worthless. And she's like, Gabriel Duke, you are priceless. <laughs> which is cute because I like that she says, some would deem me worthless, not I think I'll be worthless. Yeah. Which I liked. And then I also liked, uh, this is 
uh, Gabriel's internal monologue. He would not put his hands on Lady Penelope Champion again. Absolutely not. Definitely not. Probably not. Damn. And I was like, <laughs> that's how my reasoning goes. I'm definitely not going to do it. Maybe I'll do it. I'll probably do it. Ah, yeah. <laughs> ah shit, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. How about you? Uh, my favorite line was just at the very end, because I like that she was trying to get the parrot to like not say like bad words and stuff and say like, I love you. And at the end, she's flirting with him or whatever. And uh, Penelope, Penny's last line to Gabriel is like, fancy a fuck, love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really and I thought cute. that was really cute. That was really cute. So, and that made me that laugh. That parrot was hilarious. It was. I also like that everyone was trying to figure out what the parrot was saying. And then he's like, it's saying fancy a fuck love. <laughs> and they're like, oh, a scandal. And also he was trying to like place it in the house with kids and stuff. Yeah. And they're like, ah, uh, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, totally. He's like, they won't know what it's saying. They're like, yeah. We're not taking that parrot. We're not taking this parrot. I did think it was nice that all her friends like stepped up and took many respective animals. Yeah. And then they bought a farm and the whole wrap up yeah. really nicely at the of course. at the epilogue. Of course. Or whatever. Love an epilogue. Uh, my favorite review of this was from Riley from Goodreads. And Riley said, the Slytherin Hufflepuff ship we deserve. And I thought that was kind of cute. Because if you think about it, he was a Slytherin because he's the Duke of Ruin and she's yeah. definitely a Hufflepuff. Yeah. Except for that he, obviously Slytherins would not be supporting orphanages, as I have said <laughs> numerous times in this review. <laughs> but I did like it. That's awesome. What are, what are you? What, are, what house are you in? What, I don't know. What house is Leo in? Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe, Ra- actually probably Ravenclaw. Yeah. He's probably Ravenclaw. I would probably Gryffindor. I, I think would you, I would say you're a Gryffindor. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm definitely not a Hufflepuff. You're not a Hufflepuff. Definitely not a Slytherin. You're not a Slytherin. You're and not I'm a not Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw either. Yeah. I think you're a solid Gryffindor. What would you be? Uh, I would be a Slytherin. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, Metal would be a Slytherin. And Brendan would be a Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely a Hufflepuff, man. <laughs> We love you, Brendan. We love you, Brendan. <laughs> Brendan is editing this podcast. So. But that's actually kind of what it what it feels like. Um, like I'm like, oh yeah, he's he's like the soft sweet one. So um, what did you think about Penny? Did you what rating did you give her? I gave Penny. Uh, I gave Penny a five. Uh, I think it's my first five I've ever given. This is your first five. It is high praise, Tessa Dare. I, I really liked her. I really liked her. I thought she was weird and quirky. I love that she was like kind of putting her foot down about being independent. Even when they're like, you have to get rid of these animals and whatever. She's like still trying to finagle away around it <laughs> yeah. and whatever and kind of hustle him to get help with the animals. Mm-hmm. And so I like that about her. I liked her taking back kind of her control and power in her own like sexuality mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And I like at the end when she, when he's like going to blackmail her family and she's like, nah, dog, like this ain't going down. I got this. Yeah. She's like, everybody warned me warned me against you and here's that moment that they were warning about and I, I'm gonna walk away right now and I like that she walked away and had that kind of hard stance mm-hmm. uh, right there and we still got our happily ever after yeah um, but yeah I like it she had backbone and and I I like that and I don't like I don't like wishy-washy backbone you know when the her- heroines are like they have backbone and then when it comes to the moment they need backbone they're like huh yeah like yeah I agree. So. I gave her a five, too. I liked her. Oh, I liked her. I thought she was funny. I thought she was weird. I thought she was goofy. She was lusty. 
She was, I like her. She was lusty. And she, she was lusty. And she was open about it. Yes. And I liked it. I like a lusty lady. What do you think about the our hero, Gabriel? I gave him a four. I did like him. And I liked that he was so like intrigued by her and sort of confounded by her yeah. and like how much she loved the animals and stuff. Uh, again, I, I I lost a star because I just didn't like that he supported the orphanage at the end. I was like, this is <laughs> just nonsense. Like, I, I I just feel like if you build a character, he should be that character. Yeah. And but I but I liked I in general liked him. I thought he gave me some good smolder. Um, I did feel like he was set up to be more of a McSteamy, but he was definitely a McDreamy for me. Yeah. Um, which is fine. I like a McDreamy. <laughs> I like a McDreamy. Vanilla. Vanilla. A vanilla McDreamy. Yeah. But he definitely had a good smolder. He gave her some good, uh, some good tension. He did, which he, I liked. He did. I was like, oof. In my mind, he was so strong too. Oh like, yes. Oof, he can oh, lift yes. you. He Just, can lift you up. Yeah. He does mm-hmm. nothing active in his life. Why is he strong? I don't know. I don't know. But he was so. Oh, he was, I heard this hilarious thing that everyone in the past was cut because there wasn't enough food. <laughs> <laughs> Solid reason. I was like, that's hysterical. <laughs> so true. I mean, I mean if, if you don't have like drive through, of course everyone's gonna be shredded. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, like it's kind of like when I went to, to Tokyo. I mean, they have drive, they have food and whatever, but everybody walks to the train mm-hmm. every day, so they eat and they they do much better at portion control. Mm. They don't overeat, um, as a generalness, um, and everything they eat is much healthier. Yeah. And I had a candy bar. I ate a candy bar there, and it had a third of the sugar that it normally has in the U.S. Yeah. And I was like, what is this bullshit? Yeah. <laughs> and apparently they don't like too much sweet. So everything that you would eat here has way less sugar over there. Yeah. So everybody there was just really fit. The only obese person I saw was an American. Yeah. And so like, but they walked to the train, so everybody was just so like in shape. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. This is nice, but also I hate walking to this train every day. <laughs> I was like, you hate walking. I did. I, I, got, I actually got in shape while I was there because I was there for two weeks walking. Yeah. And I tried to come back and keep walking to keep up being in shape, but it didn't work out. That's why when I go on trips, I always like pre, I was like pre-train yeah. for the tourist <laughs> lifestyle, which is like an aggressive amount of walking, a lot of standing yeah. and like looking at shit, yeah. which always makes my back ache. Just like standing and looking at art. I'm like, I will fucking die right now. <laughs> And then, like, a lot of going up and down stairs. Yeah. You know, if you're going up into, like, some cathedral watchtower, you got to be ready for that, you know? Yeah. Those 700 ginormous brick stairs in, yeah. in, in, in not in Tokyo, we were in Nikko yeah. or whatever. Like, but the stairs are, they're not, like, normal-sized stairs. They're about three yeah. times the size of a normal stair that you're going to go up. And there were 700 of these. I yeah. know I counted because the only way I could get my body to do it was to, I would stand at the bottom of a set of stairs and I would guess. I would be like... There's 10 here. And then I count going up and that would distract me enough to, to yeah. like not yeah. feel like I was dying. Yeah. Like the Great Wall of China, which we hiked on, it's not smooth and flat like in the movies. It's not? It's got, I mean, it go, first of all, it goes up and down with the mountain. Uh-huh. So it's a lot of up and down. Oh. And then also there's like big bolts. You have to climb over different parts. Like some of the connections are broken. So it's a lot of like, it's just a lot of physical activity. You have just ruined the Great Wall of China for me. I'm I mean, like, it's beautiful. You should still go. I'm but. like, 
I'm going to admire you from, from afar, like I'll, the internet. From the, <laughs> I will stand back and look at a portion of the wall. Yes, yes, it was a, it was an exhausting hike. So yeah, I always got to train. Always got to train. So yeah. clearly, these people were definitely in shape. Yeah, he was definitely jacked. I gave him a four too. You did. I did. What was your? Why did you lose a star for him? Um, so I I lost a star because like sometimes it annoys me when characters keep telling me like keep saying the same thing over and over. And he's like, I'm a hard ass. And he had this like whole, like I'm, mm. I've lived a tough life. I'm a hard ass mm-hmm. type thing that he get. He just kept harping on for a while. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, we get it. You're yeah. a hard ass. We get it. Like, she gets it. Yeah. We're there. We're there. I'm with you. I'm on the story with you. Like, yeah. So for me, that's kind of why I lost the, the star. Um, I thought of, I thought his him trying to blackmail the parents later too. I was like, ah, oh, come on, bro. <laughs> like, it's not a smooth move. You're smarter than this. I I actually think of him as a cunning, savvy person. Mm-hmm. And so in this respect, I was like, that's not savvy. Like, that's not that's not the way to go. You know, I was you gotta like, know she's not gonna be down for that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or whatever. And so uh so that's why he lost the star. But in general, I really liked him. Um, and I thought their chemistry was good, really good. Really smoldery. Well, since this is your genre, yeah. if people like this book, or w- what other books would you recommend? To Ooh, them? so Tessa Dare has another book um, called The Governess Game, mm-hmm. um, and if I remember correctly, that one was good. But I actually recommend Tessa Dare. Okay, like in general. Like, All right. So on the website, we'll link a couple different Tessa Dares that we like. Yeah. And by we, I mean Chani. Yeah, I will. And, <laughs> and I will also read a few more yeah. because I did enjoy this book. I think it yeah. is absolutely worth the read. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you like historical, I think it was worth the read since you like it and I don't yeah. necessarily. And we both like it. So yeah. that's that's a thumbs up in my direction. I also like Amanda Quick. She writes these kind of historicals. And uh, Jane Feather. She doesn't write these kind of historicals, but I love Jane Feather. I love Jane <laughs> well, Maybe Feather. we'll have to put a little Jane Feather on yeah. the list. for Love Charade, but don't read that one if you don't like a little bodice ripper. Ooh. That one's a little bodice rippery. Ooh. Which is weird because I don't like sexual assault in my in my books like as a past trope type thing. Right. But I will accept bodice rippers. It's weird. I'm a, I'm yeah, but a, bodice rippers are consensual. No, bodice rippers are not consensual. I thought they were. Mm-mm. Wait, what's a bodice ripper? Maybe bodice I don't rip, even know. Bodice, bodice, rip, bodice, rip, bodice ripper is like rape in the story or like force or coercion or something like that. Like literally like ripping a bodice off. Oh. That's that's what bodice rippers are. And when I first started reading romance novels. But the person in, does is like not it, into it. It's not into until it. Until like, it's happening. Yeah. So that's why I like, um, uh, what was her name from who does the BDSM books that we met? Um, Scarlett Peckham. Scarlett Peckham. She, she was talking about uh, Whitney, my love. Um, mm-hmm. that book is a bodice ripper. She's like, that's why she was like, oh, it's problematic. She's like, the first book I read was <laughs> The Whitney, My Love. And now they've edited out that portion of the book. But it used to be that he like forced her and then he goes down to like a pub and he's talking about like how he forced her and like like how, you know, like how fucked up it is that he did and da 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 whatever, you know? But it was oh. used as like a, a driver in a story and then they would so, still and then have it become, a happily ever, and then it becomes consensual and then it becomes at some consen- point yeah and then it becomes happily ever after oh. or whatever but yeah it's a sexual assault in a story I did not know that it turns out I've never I don't read historicals yeah so apparently I've just never well there's like this whole time in the 70s where bodice rippers were a thing yeah like it was just I mean it makes fad. sense it's like it's still a thing in porn too yeah so it makes sense that it was well a lot of women have rape fantasies a, yeah I was gonna say it's definitely yeah. a fantasy yeah. fulfillment sort of thing. 
that he's also, but then he also becomes caring and he also becomes exactly. You know, I think you're more attached to his side of the story and the characters or whatever, but like, but like rape fantasies are, are such a thing. And so in books, in these old books, women loved it, you know, and I, I can understand it because when you come from like a, a house that's like super religious or oppressed, rape is the way you can get away with having sex. Like if oh. someone forced you to do it, then it wasn't your choice. So you, so can, it's okay. So it's okay. And, and then you can get married to them. Exactly. You know, rape mm. and anal. Like <laughs> you're still a, anal. still a virgin. You're still a virgin. Low jobs. Still a virgin. Exactly. You know what I mean? And so these are loopholes. And, and these are things I remember talking about as a That's kid. So to interesting. Like my I never cousins thought, and so like, sisters. And, sex was like super open in our household. And so I never, I guess, felt that like, oh, I can't have sex. Like I always knew I was going to one day yeah. because sex is a perfectly normal thing that everyone does. Yeah. And I always knew I was going to probably have sex before marriage because <laughs> that's a perfectly normal thing that most people do yeah. in modern society. So I never thought like, yeah, I never like would have thought of that as being a reason to have a rape fantasy. Yeah. But it can, not that I not that yeah. I've never had the fantasy of like someone forcing me and me liking it because I totally have. It's I mean, I get the fantasy. Yeah. I just have never thought of it because I shouldn't be having sex, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it, like interesting. My cousins and I, we used to we used to sit around like us girls. We would talk about this all the time. Yeah. And that and that's that's the narrative. It's like, well, we can't have sex. But if someone forces us, or if someone broke into the house, house, and then, and, then, and so your fantasy <laughs> he was tall and handsome, yeah. And then. <laughs> so like your fantasy, of course, you like never want it to really happen, but no. your fantasies run in that direction, and that's why I think when you restrict people, you pervert their what their sexuality was sure. supposed to be or could be, because now we're like looking at ways around this when we're in our sexual peak and we're or, or you know thirteen and fourteen yeah. blossoming, and those things are getting embedded in as our norms. You know, uh-huh. like I had a cousin who would always be like, I'm, I'm a virgin, I'm a virgin. And we we're like, but you've had so much anal sex. Like, but if you don't have vaginal sex, you're still a virgin. Which so, is, you know, crazy. Te- it's like a technicality. But you're not, but you're, I guess they, what they consider anal virginity a separate thing from yes. so your hymen, virginity. It's, your, it's all about your hymen. If your oh. hymen has, isn't broken, then you're a virgin. You know what I mean? So there's like, all, all, that's why they always say like Christian kids have all these weird loop around, yeah. work arounds, a lot of blowjobs, a lot of anal, a lot of, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. So like, uh, you know, and that's also why they say like the freakiest people you meet are in church. <laughs> it's because they're willing to do anal first. You know, <laughs> normally people build up to anal, you know, but, but yeah, it was, it's a very real thing. And so it boggles my mind where you're like, I, we talked about sex in my household. I'm like, we still haven't talked about sex in my household. When I try to talk to my mom about sex, she's like, la, 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 la. <laughs> It's so funny. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but I did I did like this book, and I like that it was they gave you that feeling of like destigmatizing, you know, sex and and whatever and whatnot. So, huh. but anyway, Jane Jane Feather love charade. It's a bit of a bodice ripper, but I did love that one, and uh, it was from a long time ago. I can't. I need to find that. Book it's interesting it, because obviously, in real life, yeah, someone who forces themselves on someone or coerces someone or whatever. It's not a good thing. And yet I feel like it does still happen where people are like, not sure. And then they have sex with someone and then they end up being in a relationship with them. Yeah. Good or bad. I mean, sometimes it's fine and sometimes it's not fine. Yeah. But 
I think it's if you have a trauma attached to that moment. Like there's some people I know, like they they were in that in-between state and they felt like someone really pushed them, mm-hmm. you know? And then there's sometimes like, you know, we are just like, I might not be in the mood right now. Somebody's like, well, you're like, all right, here we go. But you don't have a trauma. But you've, but you've agreed to it. Yeah. You don't have a trauma attached to it and you didn't right. feel like hyper pushed into it. Right. You didn't feel like you were taken advantage of or exactly. assaulted or hurt yeah. or whatever. Like those lazy days where you're like, I'm too lazy to really protest this. Sure. Why not? I'll roll over. Hand it from the back. You know, I've totally been there. You're like, you know, you're like, if I don't have to do too much work, we this can go down. Yeah, you know, but that's still in my mind consent. It is. I mean, in my mind and also in real life. But I think we've all had sex at a time where we didn't really want to, but it also was like not non consensual. Do you know what I mean? We're like. You're like, ah, I don't feel good. I, I haven't showered. I'm not feeling the most or whatever. Yeah. But the other person really wants to. And you're not, oppo- you're not opposed to them. Right. So you're not, you do it and there's no lasting lingering harm from that situation. Right. You know, versus like the one, the lady was talking about Aziz Ansari and she's like, he just keeps pushing and pushing and pushing. Come on, that's that. That's that. Right. And her whole thing was that they, that they, I think they did have consensual sex, but she felt so pressured and pushed into I think it. She gave him a blowjob. Or a blow. Oh, sex. okay. Yeah, she gave him a blowjob, but she felt so pushed into it that afterwards, like, like she, she just wanted to like shut him up, basically. Like, yeah. Okay, fine. Like leave me alone. And I'm like, you know, which Aziz Ansari pushing you is like the weirdest. You know, I uh, allegedly, I'll say alleged because I don't know what happened with the story or what. No, happened. he's he's admitted that. Oh, he. Oh, yeah, he, that's right. He did. He, he didn't said, deny he, it. He didn't deny it. He said, yeah. "I just didn't know that you felt that way." Yeah. Um, but he, I can see though with his like sort of manic energy, yeah, you know, him being come on, it'd be like you know, yeah, it'd be like, eh. but I also can't see him being that threatening. Also, like if he's like, come on, come on, I'd be like, nigga, get out of my face, yeah. like what, what are you doing? I also feel like you're probably a like, I'm also a, a, a bit, more confident. Uh, yeah, you're you know tall and strong and, I'm sure, and we're probably the same size you're probably bigger than him he's <laughs> yeah. a small man but also it's not even that so much as it is like i don't know like it must be a weird thing probably hits the people pleasing that a yeah. lot of girls are ingrained to have yeah you know or like yeah i i i forget i, I mean i remember like reading about it but i i feel like it's pretty easy to get into a situation where you're just like, fine, I'll just do this so that you shut up. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've definitely had that happen once where, I mean, I don't feel bad about it or pressured about it because I could have just walked away and I was just like, I was like, all right, well, we can fool around a little. Because I'm not like opposed to it, but I'm not like, like you said, I'm not like, I'm just like, what ifs? Yeah. You're like indifferent to the, to the yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah. And it was fine. It was like. Like we didn't have sex, but it was fine. Yeah. And after I was talking to my friend, and she's she was, I was like basically we were both like wingmanning another two who really <laughs> wanted it. So they had gone off to to go to Pound Town, and <laughs> she's like, "Is everything okay?" Like you know, and we had been like flirting and stuff, and I was like, "Yeah, it was fine." And I was like, "We fooled around a little, you know." And I was when she came back, we were at a park, and I was like swinging on a swing. <laughs> she's like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "I just didn't feel like." I was like, "I didn't feel like doing anything else." So I was just like, "I'm gonna swing on the swing and drink a bottle of wine." <laughs> just what I did. But I can totally see where a different personality like that would have even been like a very uncomfortable situation. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I was just like, that's just not my personality to feel uncomfortable about that particular situation. So I, I just, I'd see that a lot, like 
Like, I am fairly confident. It took me a while. I mean, a while to be as confident as I am, but I am fairly confident. I'll tell people to fuck off in a second. Yeah. But, like, in one of my, in my support group, there's people in this group who who talk about scenarios they've been in to in and like in right now or something happened whatever and i'm like what in the actual fuck <laughs> how like how at point one like they'll be like point a b c d e you know and i'm like how at point a did you not say fuck all the way off how did you get to e yeah you know what i mean like yeah that to me the fact that you don't feel empowered to say no through a b c d and made it all the way to e i agree like that i'm just like that yeah. shouldn't exist. I don't know how we make that not exist, but we need. I need everybody to feel well, empowered to say. I do think it is like the conditioning off. to children of like, oh no, you have to hug someone. You have to like be nice to them. You yeah. have to. No, you're a good girl. You have, good girls don't say, leave me alone. Like, yeah. No, be good. No, be nice. No, be. So you're like conditioned to ignore your own responses and your own emotions. Yeah. I like it's really hard because even I, I wouldn't necessarily treat a little girl or a little boy I was raising differently. I just happened to have a girl. But it's hard for me even sometimes to not say like, I want you to be good though. And I'm, I have to say like, I want you to, you know, like respect that I'm asking you. Or like sometimes because I'm your mom, you have to do things because I, you have to be safe or you have to be yeah. warm. Like you have to wear your socks. I'm sorry. But like, <laughs> it's hard to not say like, be nice. But it's not really – I don't want her to be nice. I want her to, like, have empathy for others and be kind. You know what yes. I mean? But it's it's a hard thing to, to in the mo- heat of the moment, like, put into words. Yes. Like, oh, you hit me and that hurt my feelings because I'm your mom and I love you and I am trying to help you and and you're hitting me. And if you're upset, it's okay to be upset, but it's not okay to hit someone when you're upset. Like, it's okay if you're mad. It's okay if you you can cry and you can yell at me. That's okay, but you can't hit me. But it's so hard in the moment to not be like, look, you little bitch, if you don't back the fuck off, put on your goddamn socks right now and be nice to me. I'll throw you out with the trash. I will sell you. Yeah, it's so hard to to not do that. But so many people, like, especially I see it with, like, even my mom or even, like, other people of the older generation who are very much more like uh, genderized in their thinking are like, oh, she's a little girl. No, but you have to be nice. You have to, no, you have to like share with them. You have, and I'm not saying I teach her to share. I teach her that sharing is good and that she should, maybe if you share with them, they'll share back with you. And sometimes you share and they don't share back and that's okay too. And sometimes you don't have to share and that's okay too. But like it's, it's a conditioning for sure. Yeah. Because I've even been in situations where even with like oral sex where they're like, oh, well, I went down on you. You go down on me. I'm like, this is not how the fucking shit works, works, bro. Like, <laughs> I just get a blowjob because like, no, I'm sorry. I didn't sign some contract with you. You chose to do that. That was on you. Yeah. I didn't ask you. We we're, you know, like, sorry. Not on the table. <laughs> Certainly not on the table now that you're trying to force me to do it by guilting me into it because of <laughs> you. I'm like, no, I'm sorry. But also, like, I know a lot of people who'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Because they don't have. First of all, I think, like, blowjobs or oral sex is so specific sometimes because. I think that is more like, intimate than sex. Than sex. 100%. For, for me, it is. 100%. 100%. A bunch of people I've talked to you have said yeah. the same thing. I'd rather fuck you. I would my rather. Because my vagina is so far removed so from far my head. From <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what <laughs> happens down there is, like, a whole nother town. <laughs> 
But what happens up here is really in my face. <laughs> yes. Literally. In my face. Yes. You know? And for me, like, the smell. Yep. Like, have you showered today? What? Where are we in the day? <laughs> is this morning? Is this night? Is it afternoon? You got like, dick cheese on there? Exactly. What you, got going on? you know what I'm saying? Are you a good wiper? Are you circumcised? Not circumcised. What? What? Odor. Yeah. It all comes back to odor for me. Because I'm yeah. like, if as soon as I waft something that don't smell kosher, yeah. I'm just like, nah. Can't do it. Body turned off. Said no. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Closed. Nah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's like, and I've never been someone to force some. Well, I gen- in general don't like when guys go down on me. It's it's never done anything for me. I agree. Like, and every, I always feel every like every in romance novels, the- that is like the quintess. And he went down the, on me. Yeah. And that's like the height of him wanting you and liking you. And I'm always like, it's just not for me. Yeah, like as much. Every guy I would prefer many other things before I prefer so that. So many other things. Put my boobs in your mouth for a while. Like <laughs> that's I mean, I know that don't work for you, but for me, that's like kryptonite. Hilarious. You know what I mean? And but like Yeah, I'm like whisper speak on my neck a little yeah, bit. Yeah, talk dirty kisses. to me. Maybe scrape your teeth on me. Yes. I think that's why I like vampires. Teeth scraping. I have a very sensitive neck. Oh. Like if you like at the even if I'm like getting my hair cut, if they like scrape a comb on my neck. Oh, Bridget. I'll be at the height of a Ralph kind of a haircut. <laughs> Doesn't matter who's cutting my hair. Yeah. It has nothing to do with that. I just close my eyes and the way they like scratch my head, my neck, I'm like, I'll die. I'll die. <laughs> it's so great. I love that. Teeth on the neck or teeth oh. scraping the skin anywhere. Yes. I have, I have very, um, my skin is weird where it like doesn't register pain the same way. So it's like, I love that. I like biting yep. and things like that. All of that to me is. The only biting I don't like, love is because I'm a very pale individual. So like really like, hard fighting on exposed body parts like my neck and yeah. stuff. I'm like, this shit's going to show up tomorrow. I live in LA. I can't be wearing turtlenecks around. I can't be wearing a scarf every single day in the summer. Like I, I was hooking up with someone once and he was, and when I say black, I mean like black as night. I mean, he was very dark skinned. Yeah. And he at one point bit me. I'm not saying I was all into it. I was all about it. And I was like, yo, bro, like, I am too pale for you to bite me that hard there. Like, yeah. feel free to bite other places, but, like, I got to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> and he was like, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. And he did it, like, three more times. And I was like, look at the color of my skin. <laughs> I am sorry that I am not a beautiful shade of ebony like you, but you cannot bite me this hard. Or And the next day I had purple marks all over my neck. Uh... So I had to literally, I was coaching little kids. <laughs> And we were coaching inside, and I had to wear a zip-up, like, Adidas jacket zipped all the way up. And I was sweating buckets. I was dying. And they last forever. And, you know, so one of the ways to get rid of bruises, I don't know if you ever knew this, but I do because I, I had bruise. to get rid of some bruises. Is, oh, yeah, you don't bruise. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, your skin's light enough that I would see, I feel like it's, a bruise would show through. It, it, you just don't bruise. I just, I just never have. Oh, I do. Yeah. So you take a comb. And if you like grade it through, it helps like disperse the blood oh, and the okay. coloring. So I'm in my room just combing my neck <laughs> like a psycho. Oh my God, my friends were laughing at me so hard. They're like, how do you get in these situations? I was like, look, because I'm good at fucking and people get into it. And then folk will bite somebody because they're into it. Uh, but mean, also, motherfucker, I am too pale. <laughs> I know that. I flicked this girl in band and she was like, she was like, oh my God, I've got a bruise now. I was like, calm down. Sure enough, she broke, she, I flicked her, like, this real basic ass <laughs> flick. And she broke on this big, huge bruise. So that's was, my sister and my like, mom. Whoa. You poke them and that it's going to purple. I'm, I definitely am not that far, but if it's, if it's a hard enough hit, I will 
get a big bruise. Dang. I was like, I don't know what to do about that. I also get bruises a lot that I don't know that happened. <laughs> so I'll just like the next day be like, when did I bump into something? Yeah. I'll like little bruises all over. And my husband's like, what did you do yesterday? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't feel like I did anything. <laughs> and just like little bruises. I just constantly apparently bumping into things. Which is like. And not feeling it or not feeling that it hurt. So my mom and I are the same skin tone, right? And like, I think we might be the most, we might have the most fair complexion of all of everyone. Um, and my mom bruises so easily. She does that. Bumps into things, gets these bruises. And where'd you get that bruise on your elbow? I don't know. Where's your back of your arm? I don't know. And she doesn't take like aspirin or, uh, or thinner yeah. or whatever. She just bruises. And I'm like, I have never bruised. I've never once. So I told my mom I'm going to write a book about her. Did you play her. sports when you were younger? Not Ever. very. Uh, swimming. But not like impact sports. I was like swimming. I got kicked off bruises. The, I got kicked off the basketball team. Okay, but uh, but like I, t- I told my mom that I was gonna write a book about her called "Black Kids Don't Bruise" because because uh-huh. my mom beat the shit out of us. Uh-huh. But like when you go to school, there's nothing for your teacher. Like if uh-huh. if your mom beat the shit out of you and you went to school, your teacher would report DCFS would be called in a minute. Yeah, but black kids they can beat the shit out of us. And nobody knows it because we don't really bruise. So uh, I told her that's the name of the book. I'm the tell-all book. I'm about to read. Should make it a children's book. <laughs> that's Black all. kids don't bruise. Don't bruise. But then it turns out that some of them do. Some of them do. My mom, especially. That's like little black baby, black kids don't burn, but they do. But they do. People try to tell me all the time. I'm like, well, then what about this sunburn on my shoulder and my nose and my T-zone? And I'm hurting. I'm hurting. <laughs> it's hurting. It's hurting. My arms hurt. <laughs> And then one time in Palm Springs where I burnt my entire body from head to toe. Ooh. Like, you ever see Malcolm in the middle where he peels off his... his oh, I've uh, peeled my back. Like, but in, he tries to peel his whole body down in one sheet. Yeah. And then his mom sucks it up in the vacuum cleaner. Yeah. I thought that was us at Palm Springs. His whole face just peeling off. Yeah. Was, that was insane. That's how you get that fresh baby skin. Ooh. You just burn off all the upper layers. <laughs> Isn't that what a chemical peel is? I mean, it literally is. <laughs> People have to get, they get a chemical peel... Looks so gross to me. It looked like yeah. fresh meat. It's all red. Weird. I don't know. We've gone on a tangent. But oh. Yeah. yeah. Good. <laughs> well, that was the tangent of the day for you. You're yeah. welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. And we'll see you next time. And next time we will be reading another book. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Guess what we're going to do next time. Find us, <laughs> find us on Instagram. <laughs> I got Shawnee Go with that joke. <laughs> that was for you. <laughs> Find us on Instagram. Let us know what you think about this book. Are you a Tessa Dare fan? Are you a historical fiction fan? What are your thoughts? And be sure to stick around. Let us know what you want us to read because we are always looking for more books to review and always looking to talk about a little bit of fucking. Hell yeah. And I want to know, like, when you hit us up on Instagram, let let me know if you like bodice rippers. I kind of want to get, like, a poll going mm. to see how many people actually really like bodice rippers. I do like bodice rippers, even though I don't like, like, there to be, like, a past sexual situation, molestation. I agree. I would prefer to have a bodice ripper over a past. Yeah. Like, For sure. So, I just want to know. Hit us up on Instagram. Need, because a past one doesn't involve the couple. Like, it involves one individual, yeah. not the couple. Whereas... The bodice ripping is still the couple still has to like get past it or work it out. Yeah, or blah blah blah. There's a chance for re- like Redem- weirdly enough redemption, redemption and- in the in it, and you can find that. Like, but in the other one, especially when it deals with her being a kid, mm. like for me, I'm like, nah, nah, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, just it puts it in a new realm. 
I agree. Whatever. So let me yeah. know on Instagram. Let us know about bottle strippers, romance at glance. And until then, we'll see you next time. Hey, Bridget, may your books be your lover. And, and your, your hand, your best, best friend. friend. Yeah. Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.